Today on Cast the Craze, we are talking about Crit with Chris Salhoff. And George will be back in a second. Let's get it. Welcome to Catch the Crazy Podcast. I'm your host with the most, Sam the Crazy Man, Vera, and I am with uh, George. Will be back soon, so let's start that over again. We're going to be talking to Chris Salhoff about crit on a Kickstarter. So we'll be talking to him very soon in about 15 minutes, and uh, George will be with us soon too. He's actually on his way home. So Chris is a return guest, and um, his campaign launches um in a couple of weeks so um and uh so today is october 30th and uh welcome to catch the craze podcast if you are new to this show um if you like the show please subscribe if you haven't done so already hit that like button give me a thumbs up share it with a friend um anyway so have you signed up for or actually have you pledged have you backed there's an alien in my toilet right now running on kickstarter we're on day 10 on kickstarter live right now there's an alien in my toilet book number three Ichiwawa, and do these monsters on planet cthulhu this is a two-part this is a two stories on one campaign right so it's part three of this name in my toilet Ichiwawa, and this part one of do these monsters on planet cthulhu um and so if you really enjoy Do These Monsters of Planet Cthulhu, you'll get part two in January, but it's up to you. So in the surveys, you'll let me know what you think. But uh, yes, so the campaign is live now. I would love to tell you how it's going. I don't know because this is the past and we're talking about the future. But uh, check it out. The link is in the summary as well. So what else is going on? In a couple of weeks, I will be at the, um, the Dallas Fan Festival, which is run by Fan Expo. And it's a three-day event. Um, and it's in downtown Dallas, and I'm excited. I'll be in Artist Alley. I'll be there with Duty, and uh, again, doing our thing. Come down, see me in Artist Alley. It's going to be fun and exciting. And then right after that, the week after, so two weeks in a row, back to back, I'll be at the Cowtown Comic Con, and that's going to be off the chain. So um, I've done already three events in Texas. I've done the Fan Expo. I've done the Denton Art Expo. And I've done I, the uh, Arlington Comic Fest. And um, the promoters for the Cowtown Comic uh, Con came and introduced themselves to me, um, uh, invited me to the event. Uh, we're excited. They follow me on social media. They're going to be on the show on Catch the Craze podcast. I'm going to be talking to them about their event. 
Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. In fact, I met a lot of different promoters um, out here in Texas that actually came up to me, uh, came up to the table, um, talking to me about the event. And that's very different than in on the East Coast. In the East Coast, you got people working for the promoter that are just handing out flyers to promote their shows. But these guys actually came, you know, personalized it, introduced it, talked about the benefits of being at the event and all that other stuff. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Um, so I'm excited about that. So check that out. Um, and let's see. I'm excited. There's a lot going on with Cast the Craze podcast. We got a lot of guests coming up. If you haven't checked out the shows, we have um, the What's in the Box. Not sure if we're bringing that back. Uh, so for anybody out there, not sure just yet because uh, What's in the Box, it was a way for us to promote um, the indie creators' books. Um, but what we found was uh, the creators weren't promoting it to their fan base. So we would go and feature their their books on what's in the box, but they weren't actually going out there and communicating to the fact that, that hey, we were, you know, we were spotlighting them. Um, so it wasn't, it didn't seem like there was a, a benefit to it outside of just the time it took to produce the content to promote that. So that's on hiatus right now. Uh, the Crazy Talent Less is back. Um, and we're going to continue that. And the Morning Brew. If you haven't joined us on the Morning Brew with the Crazy Crew every Thursday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, please join us. Um, that is basically where we chat with you, live audience, at 9 a.m. with a cup of coffee. And we talk about a lot of things that's happening in pop culture and comics, film and entertainment. And, uh, you know, we get your feedback and we debate. And uh, sometimes we have lively conversations. Um, and it's a really good way to start the morning, especially if you're going to work. You know, you drive and listen to us. It's pretty dope. Um, so we're excited about that. So outside of that, again, we're going to be talking to Chris about Crit, Caffeinated Chaos, A-D-N-D, Adventure Story, um, coming to Kickstarter right now. The landing page is up. If you haven't done so already, sign up. The link is in the summary. Check it out. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to cut to a commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about Chris. Uh, and uh, again, he's no stranger to Catch the Crazy. He's been here before. He's a friend of ours. Like the mafia says, a friend of mine, friend of ours. What is it? Which one is it? Let's get it. Let's get it popping. So you should subscribe to Catch the Craze. Why? I'll let these guys tell you. It's Monty Moore. I'm a 30-year comics veteran in comics, games, and movies. And you've been watching one of my absolute favorite podcast catch the craze you are watching catch the craze what am i listening to and you're listening to catch the craze where are all the indies at a catch the craze podcast what are you watching i'm watching catch the craze what are you gonna do subscribe now to catch the craze the number one show online for independent have you subscribed to you are an independent catch the craze making moves on your own catch the craze on your grind in the streets catch the craze join the movement catch the craze welcome welcome chris what's up buddy welcome to the show welcome back hey, what's going on what's going on what's going down with you so what's what you for the audience who are new to Chris, um, give us a little update on, on who you are and what you do. Uh, so Christopher Michael, I am the creator of Crit. It's a comic book based on a D&D game that I created with my friends. So uh, let's see, 2019, uh, we hadn't played D&D together in about 10 years. And I was actually playing Spider-Man on PS4 and said, hey, this would translate really well into D&D. We can finally play superheroes in D&D. I called everybody and uh, we played one game. It was awesome. 
had to continue playing. We're going on four years now, play the same game. And the the whole story was just so chaotic. I had to I had to make a, a book about it. And so here we are. Uh, the seventh seventh issue is being released. We have an issue zero, which always throws me off, you know, that issue zero. So it's like, hey, it's book six, but really it's the seventh issue. Yes, I had to, I had trouble. I eliminated issue zeros from my from my uh, portfolio because um, it always confused people on with especially with Kickstarters. Mm -hmm. And um, so uh, I said, like, you know what? I got tired of explaining it because it could just confused people. So from this point on, with designated my toilet, I started issue number one. Yeah, I was reading your 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 your, your rule book um, for your gameplay. I, it was too technical for me. See, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not that bright. So I was like, man, this, it looks like it took a lot of work. Um, yeah. So how much time and research did it take for you to to really understand how to put this gameplay together for your project? Um. Well, we have in development time probably close to eight or 900 hours at this point into just the development of the game itself. That's not the comic book. The comic book is a full-time job for me. Right. Uh, if I'm not working, if I'm not with my family, I'm drawing. And, you know, I dedicate anywhere from a minimum of two hours to a maximum of 10 hours a day, sometimes drawing for the book. That's not just for the book. I had to teach myself how to draw to do all this. So every time you, you know, flip a page, I've had to learn how to do that stuff. I, I have no formal training. I've never been to art school. I I never even thought of being an artist. I, I like to doodle, you know. Uh, uh, you know, my wife will tell you she never even really knew I was I was into art until this came along. Um, you know, as a kid, I always you know, I I tried to draw um, X Men when Jim Lee was doing it, and I was like, oh, this is fun because. I, I knew how to draw. My father, my mother, everyone in my family was an amazing artist. And I tried to do it once and it looked like garbage to me. You know, like I had skewed the pictures. I was probably 10 years old. Right. And I finished my piece of art and I held it up to X-Men and I was like, it doesn't look the same. I'm crap. I'm done. And I went into like uh, abstract stuff. I just started drawing shapes. And so for about 15 years, I would just draw shapes on top of shapes on top of shapes until I could see an image. And then I would draw within the image. It was very like weird artwork that I would do. And so no one really knew that I wanted to do comic books. I didn't even really know it until this came along. And I really just wanted to draw my friends being idiots. Uh, it was just so much fun for me that I said, hey, uh, this has to go on paper. And the original idea wasn't even to give it out to the masses. It was just for us. It was something that um, as a dungeon master, you know, if you talk to really anybody that plays D&D, there's every campaign since I've been playing going on 15 years. Um, somebody always says, oh, this would be great as a TV show, or this would be great as a cartoon, or this would be great as a book, or this would be great as this. I'm just the first one in our group of friends that decide to freaking do it. <laughs> so, right. you know, um, as far as the, the manual, that it's still in beta form. Um, you know, we're level 17 now. So we're beta testing every level before it gets released. And we're going to hit level 20 probably in the next couple months. And then that way it's balanced. You know, we're still going back and balancing the classes to make sure that when people play the game, you don't have one character that just breaks everything. Um, and as far as it being too technical, uh, on this next Kickstarter, I'm doing a tier where I will have five people 
and so there's gonna be five random people that play crit together and i will dm it and so will brad um i've offered some of the guys to come in and dm with me because brad and austin who play caliber and specter in the book they have a lot of dm knowledge and they've helped me with a lot of the technical aspects and so we're gonna not only just show you guys how to play D&D, but also, you know, answer any questions that go along with, you know, Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I would say the coolest thing to come out of this isn't just people reading my book. It's people saying, hey, you maybe want to check out Dungeons and Dragons. I've wanted to check this out for a long time, or I saw it on Big Bang Theory or um, uh, Stranger Things, and reading Crit made it sound like this would be fun. And so... Then I'll get the next question. Well, how do I play? And so I've actually like had inbox chats back and forth with people, giving them videos and just tutorials on how to get into D and D, because it's something that I hold near and dear. Right. And um, you know, somebody recently asked me why is crit important to me, and it's because after ten years of not seeing my friends, D and D brought us back together. We're, we've been four years every month playing the same game. And we didn't see each other for 10 years. Some of us didn't even talk for 10 years. Wow. So it's really cool to be able to bring everybody back together. And we always have this central thing that we enjoy doing together, which is Dungeons and Dragons. That's fantastic. I want to touch upon the whole teaching yourself how to draw. Mm-hmm. It, it, it requires a lot of uh, really training your eye, right? Mm-hmm. And, and hand-eye coordination and a lot of... of um, what's that the word i'm looking for um concentration right so there's an extreme level of focus when you was this because of financial you you didn't want to outsource that you said i want to take the burden on and train myself to do this the idea of outsourcing actually never uh, like even got in my head um i didn't know anything about indie comic books i had no clue um that you could just pay artists to do stuff now I'm not a complete idiot. You know, I knew that I could probably find someone and some amount of money to draw all this stuff. I didn't know how vast this community was and how many artists were readily available and willing, <coughs> excuse me, to partake in this. <coughs> Sorry, I just had dinner. In it. Okay. Um, so it, it, yeah, there was that piece where I didn't know. And there was the financial aspect because um, actually this all came about right after I had lost my job. Uh, I had been, uh, I've never been unemployed. Um, now I did, I did have a, a year where I, I didn't work and I was homeless. Uh, that was, I, I was in a band at the time. And so, you know, I, everybody says when I do something, I do something a hundred percent. And I looked at my finances one year and I said, Hey, we're on tour for three months at a time. Those times we're not here. I'll live in my car. I'm used to living in a vehicle because we're on tour so much. So I'll just crash in my car. I uh, would crash at like Walmart parking lots and I would use like truck stops and stuff. But this was the first time I had ever like lost a job and I had a wife and a child at the time and it really hit me hard financially. And so luckily my wife was like, Hey, you know, I've been working. I've been working since I was 13 years old, Uh, really 12, but I didn't really start, you know, making money until I was 13. Um, I was a gas station attendant. I've you know, done everything you think of from selling vacuums to cleaning countertops. And 
she said, you know, you've worked really hard. Instead of just jumping into a job that you're not going to like again, find something you love. But she said, take this time, relax. We had a little bit of money put aside. She was working. And I just started playing video games <laughs> um, and looking for a job. So when we got the job, I wasn't going to put all that money into my hobby when I hadn't been working for, I was out of work for three months. Right. And um, if I had gone to her and been like, hey, cool, I got a new job. Now I'm going to drop all this money into artists to draw something that, uh, you know, I should probably be putting money aside to buy a house. Right. We were living in my mother-in-law's basement at the time. So, I, it, you know, if I wanted to stay married, I had to learn how to draw. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's fantastic. I mean, so of the, the moment you said, I'm going to train myself, how long did it take you to build the confidence to say, now I'm ready to start? doing sequential pages the, so there, there was no um there was no time in between i just started doing it there, there really wasn't a thought process i somewhere in in here i have the first crit picture i drew it's on lined paper i was sitting in front of the tv and i just started sketching and it's you know for from for me it's not great um so i'm not gonna i, I couldn't even find it right now if I wanted to. We just reorganized the office. Right. Um, and I looked at that and I sent it to the guys and I got nothing back. And they're like, that's cool. And so within a few days, I, I you know, I've collected action figures. They're all over my walls. Um, I started putting action figures in poses that resembled what we were doing. And I, I actually, so my mother-in-law is an artist. She's a art teacher she's um, has a whole art studio in the house we were living in so i just went in the studio and i used all the lighting and i just sat there and just started sketching i had this uh samsung tablet from work that had an art program in it and it had a pen so i just started doing it there wasn't even a let me train myself i just said hey i can pose these figures how i want to draw because right. people do i you know i see that done all the time and I'll just start drawing my figures and the and the poses, and I'll you know redesign the figure and make it work. There there was just wasn't a a, a real like transition. It just hey, I want to do this. I'm bored. Right. I got nothing else to do. So why not? It doesn't cost any money to sit here and draw. And so um, I started and I did 18 pages on the Samsung. And uh, I remember being so proud of this work, and I sent it to my friends and I was showing it off to like my, my, uh, my father, my, mind you, my father is the absolute best artist I've ever met. Um, he went growing up, he would sit there and doodle when we were eating on napkins and those napkins still to this day have more detail and, um, definition and interest in the art and, and talent than I've seen. And I don't say that just cause he's my dad, but my father, used to take an airbrush he didn't even know how to airbrush things and he airbrushed uh this picture of the predator's face without the mask and so that always inspired me you know like yeah. it, he's just been phenomenal and so when i looked at that and i was like so proud of this and i thought it looked just like his stuff my wife is also a phenomenal artist we were in bed one night and i'm showing her the tablet and she's looking through now Backstory, my wife and I were best friends for 11 years before we even got married. We were married right around four years at this point in time. And so when she scrolls through and doesn't say much and then hands it back to me and says, it's okay. <laughs> Most crushing moment in my entire life. Okay. And I, and I say that 
I've, I've been through quite a lot in my life and to right. have her hand that back to me and say, it's okay. And I put three months into those 18 pages. I researched and watched YouTube videos and did all this stuff. And to have her just say that was crushing. And so the very next day, I went out and I bought an iPad and I said, well, Procreate seems to be like the coolest program out there. I have no idea. I went to the store. I played it for five minutes and I said, I'm buying it. So I had a, you know, I had a um, Best Buy card and it was around Christmas time. So I used that as my excuse on why I was dropping a thousand dollars. And then I, what I did from there was I would start drawing the pages and I would go to her and say, hey, what do I need to do better? And for the first two and a half, three books, it was right around the fourth book that she stopped helping. Um, she would literally go in and erase things and move things and just destroy my artwork. And I was okay with it. So the first few pages, I was really hurt because I would put hours into these pages and she would just go in and erase stuff or draw over top of it and say, Hey, like this leg wouldn't be here. This arm isn't like this. Cause she's also a photographer. So she knows depth. She knows body move movements and she was, she knows anatomy very, very well. And she would just destroy everything. And I, I was like, but you don't need to know all that. You know, like I come from the Rob Liefeld era where, you know, you can have chests on chests on chests and pouches everywhere. And that's not, that's not a knock on Rob. It's just, you know, that's a style. Comic book style doesn't have to be accurate. And she said to me, well, you need to find your style then. Do you want to do inaccurate all the time? Because if that's what you want to do, then that's what you need to do. But she's like, your artwork looks like you're trying to be accurate. You're just not. And right. so I said, well, no, I, I, I would, you know, my, the guys in my team are anime fans, not very much comic book fans. So when I went to them and said, Hey, you know, what kind of style should I go for? They're like, well, if you're gonna do comic books, make it look good. That was the only thing. And uh, the guy who plays uh, reach Obi, actually absolutely hates Rob Liefeld so much that they got into a Twitter war and Rob Liefeld, made a video against him and then he went into a comic-con and took a, a, a picture a video of him peeing on young blood number one in the comic-con that he had just oh. that rob had just signed oh and years later rob actually did a video apologizing to ob for calling him all these names and saying happy birthday to him so uh the only feedback i got from him was don't be rob life though um <laughs> mind you on my wall up here i have a bunch of rob's 90s stuff that i you know really enjoy Rob Life was um, very successful, so you know, exactly. I'm just saying, you, people can hate on him all they want. And yes. I tell that to Obi all the time. Like, you can get he was a rock man, star, you know. But he was, part he, of was he was in jeans commercials, and yes. dude had like lines out the door. Yes. So I still consider him an influence of mine, and Absolutely. I just think it's funny that that was the one piece of feedback I got from everybody. They were he was like, just do if you're gonna do it, do it right. And I just kind of dug into that. Um, I know my anatomy is not always 100%. It's kind of tough. You know, you're drawing things that don't really exist half the time. But I've, I'd really try. And that's, I think, where I push my artwork the most. And that's the feedback I got from my wife and friends was just, you know, always make it as, as good as I can. And uh, after book four, there was about two to three pages into book four. And she said, I think you got it. She was like, you know, I really don't need to change anything. She's like, you've shown me half the pages. And I've made a few adjustments here and there. But there was a foot. In book four, she edited a foot. She was like, the foot looks like it's broken. And I said, okay, I'll fix it. Um, and that's, so, so 
my artwork journey really started just because I, I wanted to do it. There wasn't a, a transition. I just said one day I'm going to do this. And, right. you know, thank God I have this support system I do and the friends and family that I do. I think they've really helped me get to where I'm at. But if not, I would have been putting out stuff thinking it was great. <laughs> uh, my, yeah. my kid laughs at me because um, she's a phenomenal artist as well. And she's always like, well, what do you think of this? I'm like, it's better than what I did. She's like, well, what you did before wasn't that great compared to what you do now. And she's, she's, well, she's honest. You know, but that's, it's part of the process, right? You know, I mean, I've been drawing forever and I get better every day because I'm constantly pushing to get better every day and because I get inspired by other creators. I mean, I could give you a list of creators that, I, that just, you know, motivate me. And so that's part of the process. I think, um, I think you, the, the benefit that you had was the fact that you had an artistic family around you to help train that eye, right? Because if you're new to the game, you know, there's a lot of tools that you don't even know that you have in your arsenal that you have to pull out for the first time. So I thought that, that's a fascinating story. Um, since the last time we spoke, um, uh, you know, you launched Crit. Um, where are you now and what can people expect from this campaign? So artistically now, I think I finally found my groove with where I want to be. Um, so you had asked me about hiring people. And, right. and when I first started, you know, I'm a very self-aware person. So I know that I'm not the greatest. I don't pretend to be the greatest. But I did know that if I started drawing and inking and coloring, I was going to be just okay at both for a very, very long time. Right. It's hard to master two things at once. And so I've never colored my own books. I've done my own flats and things like that, but I've never actually colored my own books. And so this will be the first book where I actually color it as well. I've been practicing that for about a year now, and I've done quite a few pieces of my own outside of the comics. And so um, this book, I decided I was gonna color it myself. So artistically, I feel on my line work, I've gotten to a point where I'm very comfortable with my line work and my um, uh, how I direct my pages. Um, you know, I consider myself more of a director sometimes than a writer because I take the recordings of our game sessions and have to kind of see how that would look on paper. And I think going into my seventh book, I finally got it. <laughs> um, Still room to go, but I, I really am proud to show people this book. Um, I'm 10 pages in right now, artwork-wise, and every page I, I'm, I'm loving my panel work. I'm loving just my panel layouts. I'm testing waters with some of the, the layouts that I do because I'm traditionally, I love working in squares and rectangles, and right. I throw in some circles, and I'm trying to offset stuff. I listened to, you know, you had spoken about people that inspire you. And my biggest inspiration is always going to be Todd McFarlane, not, not, not just because the man is um, a genius in everything that he does, but um, he's he inspired me on a bunch of podcasts he did where he talked about how he failed. He got letters of rejection so many times, and that never deterred him. And then when he got into the business, he never got like the head, like that big head, you know? And that always spoke to me because a lot of people don't know I actually come from playing music. I was signed 
uh, to a subsidiary of Sony Records, and I did that for about six years. And one of the reasons I left that group was because I was the only one that didn't think we were rock stars. We were playing Warp Tour, you know, we were playing these big festivals, and, you know, yeah, there was some clout that could be thrown around. Right. And But at the end of the day, I was like, two years ago, we were playing basements, you know? Right. I've been homeless before. Like, I still can't really afford things I want because I'm right. doing this. Like, we're nobody, right? I'm not. Now, there were some shows, like, in Mexico where, yeah, they flipped the bus on us, and, like, it was massive. I thought, like, but in other countries, American music does very well. Right. In our own country, in our, our hometown, we bring a thousand people. That's great. But I'm like, come on, guys. You know, we, we still play basements and churches and did all these like small venues. We're nobody. And so I love the fact that Todd had that I'm a nobody mentality for a very long time. Okay. And that kind of inspires me now. Like every book, I feel like nervous going into Kickstarter. Even though I, we're sitting at 42 people right now and I've only had the page up for a couple of days, I'm still like, oh man, are we going to make it? <laughs> Well, that's a good thing. I think it, 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 I equate it to like a fighter, right? If you don't, if you're not nervous before a fight, um, then something's wrong because that means yeah. you know you, you're destined to lose. Because the fear is what it, it creates the courage, right? The fear mm -hmm. inspires because you want to make sure that you do everything you can to not lose. And and I think um, that that's just the right approach. You know, it's just you know. You can't be full hearted and you can't assume that you've known you learned everything because there's so much to learn. Um, you there's know. so uh, it, when when I started doing crit and I like to talk about this, um, I really hate asking people to buy something. I mean, it's my creation. You know, uh, the the idea of people buying a book that I, I wrote and drew is tough to uh, a tough concept because I don't like asking hey shell out five dollars i don't know anybody's financial situation right hey give me five bucks for this book about me and my friends being dumb and i you know when when i go into every book i want to give people the best i possibly can if i'm going to ask them for even a dollar because i know what it's like to struggle paycheck to paycheck and let's be real a lot of people that are into this this hobby you know, like collecting and hobbying and things, um, it's expensive. Yeah. And so if you're going to give me money for a book that you don't even know about, I want right. you to open that up and go, wow. Right. Um, the coolest moments are when people will message me and not even just comment on the art, right? I've had reviews that talk about just the wow factor in the story. Like, I didn't expect this, right? Well, it's D&D. &D. You can't expect anything. <laughs> I might kill somebody next book. Who knows? Right. <laughs> it might just happen. They rolled bad. Right. I think with Kickstarter, I mean, I, I understand I'm 100% because every Kickstarter that I launch, I'm always nervous. I'm always apprehensive. I'm, you know, and I think the hard part is, is I don't look at it as people giving me money. I look at it as people investing in, in the brand, right? They're making an investment and they're getting something in return. It's almost like stock, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so it gets better with time, you know, and I'm on my eighth one now, right? So, but, you know, and it, even though, you know, I have people signed up. You never know how it's going to go. And it requires you to hustle and requires you to work out on skills that you didn't really want to have to do. Right. You don't want to have to be a PR person. You don't want to be a door to door salesman. You know, you, you know, because like if it might, it's a lot of communications. It's a lot of humility. Right. And um, yeah. but it's part of the game when you're independent and you're and you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to build your brand. 
um, and and it gets better over time. But every Kickstarter is going to give you stress. Oh, <laughs> uh, every single one of them. <laughs> I mean, my first one I failed. So you know, issue one. Um, the only reason I went to Kickstarter was because I had a friend of mine who's a tattoo artist. We actually played D and D together, and he's the one that showed me Procreate to begin with and got me into it. And so when I started drawing, he was going to color for me. Well, you know, 2020 hit and he had twins during the height of 2020. And so he had colored about six pages. He said, Chris, I can't do anymore. Like, I just can't. You know, he was very nice about it. We're still, we're on good terms. But I got into the communities on Facebook and I found someone, you know, reasonably priced that would help me out. Problem was... I needed money. So I went to Kickstarter to afford her to do the colors. And that's the only reason I was even going to Kickstarter in the first place was because of that. Right. Now we've kind of grown, you know, you talk about an investment and I want to touch base on something, seven, eight books. That's, you know, that's impressive in, in the indie community as it is, because a lot of people don't realize how hard it is to get past book three. Yeah. You know, I've done uh, a lot. I do a lot of research. I'm one of these people who are like, if I want to do this, I want to like know the ins and outs. I read IMDb on every movie I watch just because I want to know more. Right. And all the research I've done shows, you know, creators really struggle to get past a book three because of how hard this is. So right. commend, you know, big, big commendation to you for going on eight books and still going out there and doing that because people aren't just, like you said, investing in you. They're getting a piece of you, right? Yeah. That artwork that we put out and the stories we create and the literal blood, sweat, and tears that we're going to put into these books to give to people, they're getting a piece of us. And like with me, ever since ever, forever, every job I've had, everything I've ever done, if I'm going to do it and it's going to have my name on it, I want it to be the best I possibly can. Um, I got that from my dad. So... You know, I have a bunch of tattoos on my arms. And when we were talking about tattoos, my dad's a phenomenal artist. I said, Dad, why don't you draw your own tattoos? And he said, well, because if I draw that tattoo today and I get it tattooed on me today, tomorrow I'm a better artist. I look at that tattoo and I say, I can do it better. He said, but if somebody else does it, I know I got their best work right then and there. He said, I never know how far they go. You know, they, they'll become better artists in 10 years. He was, but that day I got the best work I could. He said, I can't critique somebody else in 10 years, but I'll critique myself really hard. And so he said, so make sure every time that you do something for somebody, you give it your best. And that was when I was a little kid. I was like six or seven. And that kind of stuck with me. Um, Fantastic. And so that's what, that's what we go into every book. And so with this next book, it's called Caffeinated Chaos. And I, I have this group of friends, you know, the Savage Sandbox. And they always say, Chris always outdoes himself every book. And this is a problem I've had since I was in high school. If someone challenges me to do something, I'm going to be like, oh man, how do I do that? Right. Um, right. You know, don't even ask the stupid stuff people have gotten me to do. Just to say, oh, Chris <laughs> can outdo himself. Chris got drunk at that concert and jumped off the stage and got kicked out. What's he going to do this time? Oh, he's going to climb 200 feet in the air. Yep, did it. Got kicked go. out of a, a concert for climbing up to say hi to a band. Um, right. Yeah, just because they dared me to. So this Kickstarter, I challenged myself and I said, well, you know, I had the D&D books last time. Right. I've had stuffed animals. I've had figures. I've had statues. You know, like the 
immense <laughs> amount of uh, of swag that we have at this time at this point is just out there. And in the book, the guys they cop they create their own coffee shop and energy drink brand because in D and D, you know, you need a way to make money. Right. You know, to adventure adventuring is not cheap. You have to buy guns and you have to buy armor and you, have, you know like all these expenses right. you know it's it's supposed to be an escape from real life and yet you're still paying taxes if you have a bad dm um so they created this you know, this brand and i wanted to bring the brand to life so uh actually during the campaign last time i started looking for an energy drink company that would allow me that does like white label and so we just had the taste test this weekend and i finalized all the artwork and so we're doing energy drinks. Um, I'm doing, so I'm elaborating more on the D&D theme. We're doing custom D&D, like rolling trays with, you know, the D&D experience. So you can not just read the book, but you get the whole experience with the game. You right. can learn from us and, you know, who knows, maybe I even find someone that's a better DM than me and I learned something. But maybe, and, and, you know, a lot of the goal here is to, to grow that brand and show people that we're not just, you know, sitting here messing around. Like this is something I take very seriously now um, as seven books in and uh, my whole team does. We're always coming up with new cool ideas. So this, this issue, you're getting energy drinks, cool D and D stuff, lots of swag t-shirts because you can't have a Kickstarter without t-shirts and posters. So that's, that's going on there. Um, and, and as always, you know, you're getting top notch, uh, cover artists i've got so i just announced two covers that i'm very proud of i've got two more on the way before the campaign launches and um you're gonna get a fun story i always try to approach every book with a different directorial approach uh, i have film background too actually we just won an award i can't talk about it till october they told me i can't talk about that but we just won some film award with this group i work with i literally just found out this afternoon um, so i try to take like like book three, for instance, I want it to be a crime, like a, a criminal show right. where like if you watch um, a lot of like crime shows, they're always discussing things back and forth. And I, I watch a lot of CSI and stuff. And there was an episode I watched where they were actually detailing what they did throughout the episode. So, you, you know, you're seeing them after the fact. Right. And then you gotta get to relive everything with them, but they all have different versions of what happened. So you'd see the same scene in a few different versions. And that's what I tried to do with book three was there's a couple pages where they're they're arguing about what just happened because that really did happen in the game. Right. And so as I'm listening, I'm like, okay, cool, let's do this like a crime show. And then, you know, book two was like this this high-paced chase scene. So it's like gotta be, you know, action-based. Book four was detective, so I had to take a more like slow approach and allude to a lot of things instead of giving you the enemy out the gate. And then book five was literally just pedal to the floor because book five closes out the chapter of chapter one. So I really wanted this overarching story that would not just give every character room to breathe and show off some of their uniqueness, but also hit home on some of the important parts of the, the story, um, have comedy, because you can't have our D&D show without comedy. And then also have these very like hard-hitting action moments that can display the amount of power these guys have gotten from book one to book five. Um, 
because the biggest thing in D&D is leveling your character up and getting new powers. Right. So I try to showcase that. Book six is just the evolution of that. We're going to have, uh, we have more characters. So, you know, if you read book five, you get introduced to Pan and Archimedes, so the talking owl and the talking chameleon. So our Pokemon master, <laughs> uh, Austin over there, he gets his, uh, his new companions. And the fun part for me is I get to draw Caliber the entire time in a barista outfit fighting a big giant robot. So he loses his grenades and he doesn't have his guns. And he like, because in game, as I was listening, he actually screwed up and uh, didn't bring his weapons. And so he goes in to fight this big giant robot. He's like, I'm gonna pull my guns. And I'm like, did you bring them? Well, I assume I have them. You didn't tell me you brought them. So you like, and I, I record everything. So I brought the recording and I was like, you literally just said you are just you in a barista outfit. You didn't say anything about weapons. Therefore, you have nothing but coffee in your bag. And so he starts throwing coffee at the robot. Um, that That's what you get from us. You know, it's always a fun ride. And I always try to make it as unique. I don't want you to read the same book twice. That's fantastic. Now, you, know, you talked about, you know, your R&D phase. You talked about um, your merchandising. Now, what's your plan to really communicate it out to the masses? Uh, well, doing shows like this for the next few months. <laughs> That's the hardest part um, yeah. is getting it out there. I am trying to look into paid like banner ads. Right. Um, I'm doing a few in-store events here in North Carolina. I've got a fandom page up now, so I'm hoping that gets a little bit of traction. We've had actually some unique hits off of that. Um, we're actually scoring very high on Google right now, too, so I've gotten a lot of traffic on our website. Which has directed over into sales and on onto our uh, our Kickstarter, so that's been good. And these just literally getting on as many shows as possible and talking to people, because Instagram is great, but you're gonna get lost in the algorithm. Same with Facebook, same with Twitter. Um, and I'm tired of posting these images because our book is a lot more than just the artwork and the cool characters in it. It's the what I really want to convey is the the D and D aspect and how this is not just a superhero story; it's actually an adventure um, right. with the superhero facade. Because you know they're not really super; <laughs> they 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 kind of get their their butts beat every time they they think they are. Um, and and that's that's what I want to do is just get out there as much as possible and tell people you know if I could rent a banner on top of IGN or one of those big big places and be like hey it's not your average story um i would but it's just you know, that's very expensive and oh yeah, I IGN, I've, yeah. <laughs> I've looked it's just to see you know some some comic book sites that get lots of hits yeah and either they don't have space right now um or they're just way too expensive um yeah for a little 200 by 200 image facebook right. marketing isn't that great I've, I've messed around with that i'm sure everybody knows Usually we ignore the thing that says sponsored, <laughs> you know, I actually have a degree in, in marketing and design. And so um, the one thing I, I am doing with this one is I have an entire retail tier. So, you know, if you follow us enough and have seen we're part of the Savage Sandbox, I'm one of the uh, creators of the Savage Sandbox. And we have distribution through Golden Distribution. It's a worldwide distributor for board games and hobby things. Um, I think they're the number four in the United States for 
hobby hobbyists. And we have over 1,500 stores. I think we've sold. We're in about 90 stores now, so which is really good. Right. What I wanted to do with this one was attract some more retailers by having a retail tier, so they get you know, books at a lower cost. Because if you've dealt with retail, you can't sell a comic book store your book for five bucks. You've got to sell your comic book for like three dollars because they have to have markup on there. Right. Um, and we have retail only covers. And so I'm doing an entire retail package to try and grow that retail side of it and also give the rest of my team, you know, the Savage Sandbox, a chance with our Kickstarter to, you know, get their books out there as well. And I've talked to a few retailers that want to partner up on that, which is really cool. Um, I think that's everybody's goal is to get into more hands. And the only way you can do that is, you know, shelf space. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying out a few different things. If it works, great. End of the day, the book's going to get made because I got to give my guys a copy of the story. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So we're at that stage where we're going to give and we give you the screen and I want you to give you elevator pitch and tell everybody why they need to sign up um, and back. Um, Caffeinated chaos, a D and D adventure story. So uh, here you go. Go for it. So why should you uh, back crit on Kickstarter? Well, for one, it's a fun story, not just because I wrote it, but because I got to experience it. Our entire story is written through playing Dungeons and Dragons. So everything that you read on the page happened um, in real life at a table. And it's a bunch of friends getting together and literally just having fun. So the entire story is about these guys who have gained powers. And you watch their adventure as they learn about these powers, face a bunch of challenges, and actually take on you know this ancient evil that's about to destroy the world. And in this issue of Crit, they're battling a big giant robot and the worst thing of all, which is becoming a small business owner and the challenges that come with it. So if you're into um, you know, adventure, sci-fi, and any kind of like modern storytelling, check it out. Crit, Kickstarter, it is going to be 26 pages of just fun, chaotic, uh, caffeinated chaos. Outstanding. Again, thank you again for being on the show. Uh, get much success. You, you have a solid plan. You have a solid strategy. Um, um, you know, same as last time. I, I, I just, it, what I love about doing the show is we get to see the evolution and, and, and watch as, yeah. as you guys grow, um, which is fascinating. It's always inspiring and uh, much success. And I can't wait to uh, see uh, your game um, in the masses. Well, hey, if you have any, any questions about that D&D book, you just message me. Absolutely. Um, I would love to, you know, turn you on to, to Dungeons and Dragons. I, I That's like I said, that's one of the coolest things about it is being able to expose people to something, um, you know, uh, that that is I hold so so close to my heart. And um, again, thank you guys for having me on. Uh, you and I met when I was launching issue three, which is also the same time I launched issue zero. I did those back to back and um, Everything you guys do for the community. I know me and my guys, uh, Victor, a few other guys that I think have been on here, and we all love what you're doing. And congratulations on eight books. That's that's you. you know a feat in itself. And I love seeing how you guys progress as well because every show is you know I can I can tell the production quality is getting better and better, and you guys are just killing it. So keep it up too. Thank you. Thank you, brother. And again, you, you're always welcome back anytime. Um, and again, much success to you and uh, to your team. Cool. I got issue seven lunch and I'm taking a break. Uh, I work in taxes. So January through April, I decided I was going to give myself a break because last year I launched a campaign in that period. Oh man, that was, 
it was rough. So I will be back on Kickstarter next April after this, and I might even have two books that launch at the same time for that one. So we'll be in touch, as always. You got it, brother. Have a nice day. You too. Yeah, so that was Christopher, and again, it's a crit, caffeinated chaos, A-N-D-N-D, adventure story on Kickstarter. The link is in the summary. Sign up today. It launches in a couple of weeks um, if you haven't done so already. Um, if you like this episode, give us a thumbs up, right? You know, uh, subscribe if you haven't done so already. When we grow in the community, grows more eyes on us, that means more eyes on the, the people that we have on our show. Sorry, George, couldn't be and um, uh, I don't know what's going on with my computer. But again, I have a campaign going on right now, and I need you. It's called Disney. Who I have my uh, computer right now but sign up today pledge today uh, get yourself a copy if you have kids there's phenomenal phenomenal stuff there's a there's a uh, for those youngins that want to draw or even if you're an artist and you want to custom well, there's a lot of cool stuff on this campaign. I do appreciate your support. Um, more eyes on this. And I've been working on it for over a decade. And it's uh, duty is um, everything to me. And uh, your support and your investment is. Uh... So with that said, this was another show on Cast the Craze podcast. That was uh, talking about crit. I'm Sam, the crazy man, Vera, and we are out. Crazy. about my friend, Aquis. I met him the other Say my name, say my name. This is what you were thinking? Oh, you described me. He said, I'm the idiot. You're listening to Catch the Craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze. Catch the craze. You are listening to Catch the Craze. Uh, this is craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze. <laughs>